This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. In his budget address this week, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker went after bad actors in the healthcare industry in a big way. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Pritzker also announced plans to slash medical debt for a million Illinois residents. That's a biggie. And to invest in black maternal health at a time when black women in the state are dying at three times the rate of white women from complications from pregnancy. Now, I sat down with WBEZ health and county government reporter Kristen Schorsch on what this means for you. Here's Kristen. I was reading a copy of a speech as he's saying it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this these this could be really huge. Some of the things that he wants to implement. Yeah. Um, I am very curious how the health insurance industry is reacting, if they knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. So could be lots of changes for consumers and health insurance companies. Yeah, so you were reading a copy and saw the many paragraphs that followed <laughs> after I did, that and I statement. I was like, wow, there's, yes. there's a lot of bullet points in this one. Pretty meaty section of the speech. Now, in that budget address, he introduced the Healthcare Consumer Access and Protection Act, and we're going to dissect it, Kristen. So he says, first of all, that he's attempting to put power back in doctors' and patients' hands uh, by cracking down on the way that insurance companies deny coverage and limit care. So I'm sure that all the folks listening, myself included, we've come across the need for prior authorizations. But fill us in on how this becomes a way that patients either can get care or just end up spending a ton of money. Right. So prior authorization is this really wonky term, which basically means that if you want to get a certain medication, you need a certain procedure done. Um, In some cases, you need the permission of the health insurance company your health insurance company first. Um, Doctors say that this really kind of, you know, intervenes with like what they're saying is medically necessary and that the insurance companies are really just trying to curb costs, which is a valid concern, right? Curb costs, but then this can delay or deny care to people. I mean, this has personally happened to me needing prior authorization for a medication. Hmm. And so sometimes it can happen quickly. But in other cases, some people can't get the care they need. You know, the governor uh, pointed out during his speech, um, a state employee who needed open heart surgery and right before that surgery was supposed to happen, the health insurer denied prior authorization. And the governor's office intervened, and that person was able to get their surgery. Yeah, I mean, he also points out that Illinois would be the first state in the country to do this, to ban prior authorization for inpatient mental health care for children and adults. I mean, how significant do you think that could be? Right, and I do just want to clarify that, yeah, that is the only... The, the only ban on prior authorization at this point that he's pitching is specifically for people, adults or kids who need, who are in a mental health crisis and need hospitalization. I mean, I think that would be obviously a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, for other procedures, prior authorization would still be a thing. Right. So far. Right. I mean, I think, you know, the, 
there is a big mental health crisis in this country. You know, our colleagues, Sarah Carp and I have done a lot of reporting on children especially because they, there are just so few resources to help them and there are especially very few inpatient hospitals with psych units for kids. Um, I think this could be a really big deal. I am really curious to see how many prior authorizations actually get denied for mental health, but this is what the governor is starting with. He also says that Illinois will become the first state to ban step therapy. What is that, Kristen? Yeah, so step therapy is a form of prior authorization. So basically, you, the insurance company wants you to use perhaps a less effective medication that could be cheaper than what the doctor's actually recommending could help you. So you have to go through a series of steps. You basically have to fail this medication, for example, before you get the medication that could actually help you. Um, another way to control costs, another way to curb what the insurance company might think is like unnecessary medical care. Right. Um, but again, it can delay or deny care for a lot of people. He's also going after what's known as ghost networks and uh, making sure that patients can find in-network providers more easily. How much of a problem has this been for folks? It has been a huge problem across the country. You know, ghost networks are essentially when you're looking for a doctor in your insurance network so you can get a discount for going to this person and they either are no longer taking patients or they have no appointments. This was a really big issue in central Illinois over the past few years with mm -hmm. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Um, there was a big clinic in Springfield that was not a network anymore. And so thousands of patients had to go and find other doctors, but it was appearing that these docs were all in network. So it caused a lot of confusion and there's a lot of back and forth with the state. You know, the state has fined insurance companies over ghost networks, mm -hmm. but they're taking it now a step forward to say, no, we're requiring that you keep these updated. How practical do you think that is really? That's a great question. I don't know the back end of how people are updating networks. I think in real time, sometimes it can be hard to know if a doctor actually has an appointment available. But I think, you know, when you call a doctor's office these days, they can take, they can tell you if someone is taking new patients or not. Um, but I do think that's a great question. What's the enforcement going to be like? And how are insurance companies going to manage making sure those networks are up to date? And junk insurance, he's going after that too. What does that mean? Yeah, so these are usually short-term insurance plans. So it's kind of like if you have a break between jobs, for example, Maybe you can get this short-term insurance plan. You just need it kind of like a bridge. Um, they have been criticized because as junk insurance because they don't offer a lot of times a lot of things that you need covered. Um, maternal health care, um, some prescriptions, um, things that, that you would typically get that are covered under the Affordable Care Act, for example, that mm -hmm. are required for insurance plans. So basically they don't cover a lot and... Um, they don't protect people in that way. So a lot of other states have taken the step to ban junk insurance plans. What kind of impact would, would these changes that we're talking about have on folks who've got private insurance? I mean, I think all these things we're talking about would impact them. I think the goal of this, it sounds like, just what we know from the speech, right, from the governor's speech, is that this is really to protect consumers and to really um, put a check on the health insurance industry more than there already is. So I think this could go a really long way. I think the proof is in the pudding to see if this gets passed, first of all, right? This isn't a slam dunk. Right. The legislature needs to pass the budget. Um, but also to see how these pieces, if they do get approved, how they're enforced. Now, Kristen, another big one. This was his intention to slash medical debt. 
It costs on average one penny to buy back and eliminate every dollar of medical debt. And we can start this year with a $10 million appropriation to relieve nearly $1 billion in medical debt for the first cohort of 340,000 Illinoisans. So what do we know, Kristen, about who would be eligible for this? Right, so this is aimed at low-income people who have a lot of medical debt. Um, so I just kind of want to back up a little bit. Cook County has been doing this, right? So this is kind of modeled after Cook County, and a lot of other governments around the country have been taking a look at what Cook County is doing. So right. it's really put the county on the map. So the state essentially would do a very similar thing. They would partner with the same partner the county has. They're called RIP Medical Debt. RIP goes out and buys debt from hospitals. They negotiate down the cost of that debt when they sell it to then buyers on the for-profit for market. So people can't apply for this. It's not like you, there's going to be some sort of website where you can apply and say, I'd love to have my debt erased. No, they're going to go through and erase the debt. You'll get a letter in the mail saying it's gone. That's how the county's program has mm -hmm. worked. Um, but it is, at, it, it is aimed at low-income people. Also, I want to point out there was a report last year that talked about the devastations of medical debt, if you yes. like want to think about that, right? Especially for immigrant and black communities, the stress it causes, it exacerbates health inequities that could already be existing. And then you think about the cost, right? People losing life savings over mm -hmm. that. Um, so this is a plan to take that statewide. So he's mirroring it after what the county's done? Or it's, would there be some slight differences? Well, I don't know all the ins and outs of the state program yet because it was just announced, but it sounds very similar to what the county was doing. You know, the governor um, and our colleague, Tina Svondalis at the Sun-Times wrote a story about this. Um, and then the governor talked about how, you know, he called up the county when the county's program was announced and said, hey, how are you doing this? We want it. Uh, so really, this will benefit even more people if it if this also gets approved. If it goes through. Now, uh, let's touch back on maternal health, which you mentioned briefly earlier, Kristen. Black women in Illinois, they are three times more likely to die from complications from pregnancy as white women are. We've talked about this on the program before. And uh, the governor and lieutenant governor, Juliana Stratton, say that they're working to change that. So what did we hear yesterday in that budget address about how the administration's planning to fund black maternal health efforts? Yep. So they want to spend more than $20 million dollars on a variety of things that basically broadly is about getting more community-based services into communities of color, specifically because the maternal mortality rate among black women is so much higher than white women, like you just pointed out. Um, so one of the buckets is uh, kind of geared towards staffing. So paying a licensing fees for midwives, you know, one of the big barriers to having um, a midwife, for example, is just the cost of that. Um, there's also the cost of opening a birth center. Um, you know, I talked to Janine Valerie Logan, who is a midwife on the South Side, who's been trying to open a birth center for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And the fundraising is really difficult. Um, Janine is a longtime black midwife, and she told me she's going to apply for this funding to help renovate an old church to turn into the birth center. Mm -hmm. um, so those are a couple of the things. It's really, it's about getting rid of some of those expensive barriers that community providers, like they just don't have the the finances, you know, to do it. To do it. He also unveiled a diaper equity program. What's that about? So that essentially is a pilot program that is going to provide a supply of diapers to new parents. Um, because it's pilot and it's new, we don't really have many details on like how many diapers that means or how many people are going to be involved. But they want to just kind of see where this goes so far. 
Uh, this along with continuing to invest in a program that sends staff to people's homes uh, to help connect new parents and their babies to resources to improve health outcomes. I mean, all of this, what I just read and what you mentioned uh, about uh, the woman on the south side wanting to expand uh, birth services there. I mean, what does this all signal to you? I mean, this all, I think, is signaling the state wants to have a stronger presence for community-based providers, especially to help with the health disparities among black women. And they see being able to use funding, flowing into communities to do that um, because so many of these barriers are expensive. When you think about the diapers alone, for example, Lieutenant Governor Stratton was telling me, you know, somebody might think, well, why diapers? She's like, it's just one more stressor we can remove mm -hmm. for a new parent. You know, people who have kids, they all know the stressors of being a new parent. So this is one way to help. And we're going to see how this goes. You know, it's just a pilot. And let's see what happens after that. And those costs balloon so quickly. I mean, you and I know this. Oh, my God. Diapers Kristen. are so expensive. So expensive. <laughs> and they just, it's like never ending. It's never ending. You need it all the time. Uh, this budget proposal also includes $12 million to create a child tax credit for middle and low income families that have uh, kids that are under three years old. And so we're seeing these efforts now on the county, city, and state level? Well, I think in terms of the child tax credit, you know, we saw this on the federal level, right? I think when you think about, um, I think this is similar to, and it's not a child tax credit, but we think about like the guaranteed income programs happening in Chicago and Cook County. Right. I mean, that really is meant to help lift people out of poverty. You know, um, there's been research done, WBEZ and the Sun-Times have done stories talking to people about how they're using that money. It's for basic things, groceries, rent, transportation. So the child tax credit, the state is saying is a way, another way to lift people out of poverty who specifically they're targeting those families that have children under three. So talk to us about what's next. You've mentioned a few times, if approved, if these things are passed, how likely would you say these are to, to pass and go into effect? I mean, I am really interested to see what the battle's going to be like in Springfield yeah. over all these various buckets of the proposed legislation. Right, that's I mean, there are some criticisms. There's some pushback. There's going to be pushback. Yeah. You know, the health insurance lobby is incredibly strong. Um, and I think that there's going to be a lot of public hearings about this. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, behind closed doors meetings. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep my ear to the ground and really try and inform the public about how all these things are going to happen. Um, I think some of maybe these smaller pilot programs might have an easier time getting passed. Hmm. Um, yeah, good point. You know, majority Democratic controlled legislature, but still, it's these are all really good things to watch. That's WBEZ Health and County Government reporter Kristen Schorsch. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Dan Tucker and Meha Ahmed, mixed by Brenda Ruiz. Elsewhere in our podcast feed, you will find Governor Pritzker's full unedited budget address, as well as an episode analyzing his messaging and the state's finances. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.